The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed with host and author of the award-winning book of the same name, Lisa Lutan. Lisa has amazing tips to help you slow down, get healthy, manage your time, improve your relationships, and deal with stress. Now, here is Lisa Lutan. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the show. I am so excited about today's topic, which is food and mood. This is a subject that is very near and dear to my heart. I want to share with you the very first moment that I ever made a food and mood connection. It was a long time ago, like 20, 25 years ago, when I was out with like a new, a group of new moms and we were going out for ice cream. And my friend Ginger said, oh no, I don't eat ice cream. It makes me sad. I kid you not, like this huge light bulb like went off in my head that I was blown away. She didn't say ice cream makes me fat. She didn't say ice cream makes me bloated. She didn't say ice cream, I feel guilty. She said ice cream makes me sad. Now this blew my mind. I had never heard anybody say anything like this before. Now we read about it all the time now, but like I said, this was about 20 years ago and I had never heard anything like that before. And I knew that I would never be the same after that moment, that I had to start making this connection between my foods and my moods. And so I did what I do with all my experimenting. I started really paying attention and noticing what the connections were. And it took me years, but the biggest one for me was the connection I made with sugar. So when I eat too much sugar, I become like a raving lunatic. And I should have known that it was a little odd that I only yelled at my kids one day a year. And that was always the day after Halloween, like when I just totally overdid it with the candy. But of course, I didn't make that connection, you know, either. It was years of kind of paying attention. And I found that not only did I worry more when I was eating a lot of sugar, but it actually what I worried about changed. To get the difference? So when I was eating a lot of sugar, I started worrying about people dying and terrorism and all the problems of the world. And when I wasn't eating sugar, I was actually quite calm and peaceful and we all want to feel calm and peaceful so this huge realization really helped me kind of make permanent changes into my diet yes I still do eat sugar but I quickly get reminded why it's not good for me with when the worry comes back and then I kind of take it out again so again this is a really big thing food and mood and i have two amazing guests today who are going to talk about it from different perspectives 
Uh, my first guest is Lindsay Smith. She's known as the Food Mood Girl. She's a nationally recognized author, health coach, dynamic speaker, wellness icon, and rapper. Yes, you heard that right. Lindsay is devoted to helping everyone live a more vibrant life through self-love and guilt-free living. I also have here today Tanya Green, who is the founder and CEO of PMS Bites, which are rich, chocolatey, and decadent bite-sized vegan gluten-free treats perfect for health-conscious women who want to satisfy their cravings but aren't willing to sacrifice nutrition. Tanya and her PMS Bites were recently featured on Shark Tank, and she's getting tons of attention right now. It's super exciting. So Lindsay and Tanya, welcome to the show. Lisa, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And us, I should say. (laughs) Super excited. Before we actually delve right into food and mood, I have five questions that I ask every guest on the show. And I'm going to ask each of you individually. Let's start with you, Tanya. First question, what did you have for breakfast today? I had one egg and a half of an Ezekiel bread muffin and some chicken. (laughs) What is your favorite form of exercise? I really love lifting weights. What's a habit you're trying either to break or to add? I am trying to self-love more. Like whenever negative thoughts come into my mind, just release them. How do you spend the first hour of your day? I'll wake up, have some tea, definitely eat breakfast right away, try to have some water with lemon, just really uh, set my intentions for the day rather than checking email and reacting to everyone first. And who is someone in your life that inspires you? Mother. She's great. She's the only person I know who shows unconditional love all of the time. She's amazing. Oh, Great. We all have this voyeuristic thrill of hearing how other people start their days and live their lives. So thanks for that. Lindsay, what did you have for breakfast today? I had uh, protein pancakes, and then I had a ginger and lemon turmeric tea that I made. Yeah. What is your favorite form of exercise? Uh, Definitely Pilates. What's a habit you're trying to break or add? I'm trying to break my cell phone addiction. (laughs) How do you spend the first hour of your day? Um, I typically wake up and I have a morning routine with my dog. Um, So I take her out and get her taken care of and then I make breakfast and just kind of I like I know this is weird but I like to just sit and be for like 30 minutes um, just to kind of get me grounded because if not I'll go crazy (laughs) and who is someone in your life that inspires you Uh, there's so many people but right now it's my dog I know it's not a a human but It's just, she's like so much better of a person than I'll ever be, I feel, (laughs) because she just shows me so much unconditional love and, um, and she just knows how to make me happy without even talking. So it's definitely been an interest, a unique relationship that I've been really cherishing. 
So nice. Our, our pets and our parents, all you out there, very, very inspiring. Well, thanks, you guys. Let's jump into food and mood. And I'd love to hear from both of you just when you first made that food and mood connection. Lindsay, why don't you tell us? Uh, well, I didn't understand that I was doing it at the time, obviously, but the first recollection that I have of really understanding how our food and mood choices are intertwined was when I was four years old. Again, at four, I didn't recognize this, but looking back, this was the moment that I think started this journey. And it was in preschool. Uh, I was in preschool and my, um, at the end of the day, our parents would line up and hold these neon green signs up with our name on it. And then our teacher would take us over to our parent. It was very technologically advanced, as you can see. Um, And so, you know, when I, it was this one day after school and one by one, all these signs were getting held up with all of my peers' names on them. And my mom was nowhere to be found. And my dad was nowhere to be found. And I got really anxious and I, I just wondered, like, did something happen to them? Did they forget about me? Why is everyone else, why are their parents here? Like, I hope, you know, they're okay. And I went, my teacher, when my mom didn't come, my teacher went inside and she said, I'm going to call your mom. So she called my mom and my mom is a, my parents own a small business in our town and they just got caught up. But at four years old, I didn't, you know, like, it's a very logical, like looking back, okay, yes, they got caught up at their, their business, couldn't get out. Um, but at four, it just felt, I felt so anxious about it. And I remember my mom picked me up and as soon as I saw her, just like the tears start pouring down my face. And I just was so happy to see her because I just thought she forgot about me or something happened. And she could tell that I was really upset. And she said, Lindsay, you know, do you want to go to the penny candy store? And I was, of course, immediately, you know, I stopped crying and I'm like, oh, candy? Like, (laughs) yes, I want candy. And so she took me to the penny candy store and I picked out my Swedish fish and my watermelon Sour Patch gummies and, and, you know, I ate these. And looking back, it was that eventually set up and not that it was any fault of my mom. She was just trying to, you know, get me to calm down and do the best thing that she knew how to do. But it really set me up for this kind of emotional um, connection towards food. So anytime I felt sad, the, the thing that I wanted was, you know, something sweet, something that would, would give me a sense of comfort. And, you know, this just went on throughout my life until I could really look back and, and see how it was affecting me, but then also say, okay, well, I'm going to take back my food mood relationship and fuel my body with the things that will truly make me happy and not just give me a quick fix. So what I find so interesting is that the the mood came first for you, which led to the food. And in my case, the food itself led to the mood. And these are two different areas of the same, you know, the other side of the page of the same issue. And we'll come back to this again, but how foods can affect our moods, but also moods can affect our foods. Mm-hmm. So Tanya, Tanya, when did you first make a connection? I it was probably four or five years ago. I made a New Year's resolution to record how each and every day was going for three years. So on January first, I started recording on a calendar: good, medium, bad. It was a good day, 
okay, it was a great day. And I actually ended up doing that for three years. But it didn't take me long to realize that most of my bad days um, were centered around an event, PMS. And so um, I, I, I quickly learned that and, and was like, wow, like so many of my bad days are happening because of this hormonal change in my body. So for me, food is very much centered around events, bad events or good events that, that happen and then can affect my mood further. Um, and I started to do a lot of research because I thought life is way too short to be affected and be sad because of PMS. And what I learned was sugar is a, a big culprit in exacerbating PMS symptoms. Dairy can be a factor as well and stress as well. So what I learned was if I could eliminate or really reduce those foods, I felt a little bit better. And that's when I think I made the connection. And it was a great connection to make because before I had recorded those days, um, or as I was recording those days, I could see, okay, it's PMS time, I'm feeling sad, um, I'm feeling bloated, I'm feeling bigger than what I am, I'm fighting with my boyfriend, and I, I really made that connection and was able to take those steps that could help me, um, help me sort of take charge of my life and, and reverse it. And you guys that are listening, Tanya has the most adorable website with a little video showing all this. I really urge you to check it out, and she'll give you all the information. I I just thought it was hysterical. I loved it. What is it, PMSBites.com? PMSBites.com, yes. Dot com, yeah. Go go check that out. It's very, very cute. But I'm just curious. Like, So during those three years, you basically just logged how you were feeling. Were you logging anything about food at that time? Or was it just your mood um, and how the day went? I mean, I'm a forever log your food to see how you're doing. Um, so it was probably in combination, but it wasn't an intentional pairing. Um, I just really wanted to know how many how many good days am I having in a month, and what's affecting that, and who's affecting that, and how do I how do I bring people who lift me up around, and how do I eliminate people who bring me down around, and really taking time to um, to figure out my mood in general. But I think, like you say, food absolutely affects that. And you can meditate all you want and you can get as much sleep as you want. But if you're eating a lot of sugar in particular, um, you're going to be wired and your, your, your insulin is going to spike and your adrenaline is going to spike. And who needs more adrenaline when you're already stressed? Um, and so uh, reducing, and I'm not saying eliminating because this actually... It's very interesting. Sometimes when I eliminate and I say, no sugar, absolutely no sugar, I'm not going to have it, I actually become obsessed and stressed over the fact that I can't have something. And that affects my mood. Um, recently, I went to a dietitian, and she said, you know, I cannot classify you, I cannot diagnose you, but you absolutely have orthorexia. It's this obsession with clean eating and labeling foods as bad and good. And there are certainly foods that, you know, have more nutrients and are better for you. But this sort of obsession with, I can't have this, 
actually affects my mood and I become obsessive over it. So now what I'm trying to do is figure out that balance of, okay, sugar's not the best thing, but if I want a little bit, I can have it. And nine out of 10 times, just saying that, I don't choose it. Um, and so I think that, that there's lots of ways that food can affect your mood. It's the, the obsession of eating good food, uh, the, the ignorance of, of not eating good food. It can all factor into how you're feeling. And let's face it, everybody wants to be happy at the end of the day. And what are the things that we can do to actually make that happen? You brought up so many, so many important points in there. And I think the most important thing, and I, I love working with my clients to get them to a point where it's not that I can't have it, it's that I don't want it. Because you're right, when we get into deprivation mode, it just makes us really want more and more and more. And I know, Lindsay, you um, write about all this quite a bit. And we only have a couple minutes before break. But Lindsay, maybe you could start telling us a little bit about, you know, how you kind of have come to terms with this issue around sweets and sugar. Mm-hmm. Well, I think um, Tanya brought up a, a great point of of food guilt. And that's what my last book, Food Guilt No More, is all about. And I think that it's, it's a real issue that we're dealing with. In fact, I did a study and found that 8 out of 10 women and nearly 7 out of 10 men experience food guilt on a daily basis, which means every time that you encounter food, you go into your kitchen to eat something, you go to cook something, 80 or 70% of the time, you're feeling guilty about it. And when you feel guilty about your food choices, it actually is the same as, it sends the same stress responders as, you know, the, when you think about the fight or flight mode, and that's what's happening in your body. And so, of course, when that happens, and if you feel guilty about something and you go to eat it, you um, you probably will experience stomach pains or things like that because you're actually not able to digest it properly. Whereas when you eat something and feel good about it, and truly, even if it's, you know, if it's a piece of kale or a cookie, whatever it is, if you eat it and feel good about it, you'll not only digest it better, but you actually, it's shown that you'll get all of the nutrients out of it. So whatever nutrients that cookie has, your body is going to be able to digest them and adapt them. Um, so this is so amazing stuff. We actually have to go to break right now, but when we come back, we will continue this conversation about food and mood. Stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's Healthy, Happy, and Hip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. 
Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. listening to busy stressed and food obsessed to reach the program today please call 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 feel like sending an email instead send it to lisa at healthy happy and hip.com now back to busy stressed and food obsessed here again is lisa lutan Hey there, I'm talking with Lindsay Smith, who's the food mood girl, and Tanya Green, who's the founder and CEO of PMS Bites, and we're talking about food and mood. Just before the break, we were getting onto a topic of food guilt, and I think that's a really important topic because not only are we feeling just so bad about our choices, but it actually is impacting the way we digest. It's impacting our general mood. It's impacting a lot of things. So, Lindsay, maybe you can continue with where you were going with that before the break. Yeah, absolutely. So, like I said, I just I think that food guilt has become um, – it's definitely a huge issue right now, and it goes back to kind of what Tanya said, where she was labeling food as good or bad, and I think that's what we do. We get into this obsession almost, and you know, just as much as we love to label people, we love labeling food as well, and so we tend to look at things as, oh, this is good for me, or oh, this is bad for me, and if we're eating something bad, we're feeling really, really guilty about it, and, um, and so I think that it's definitely something to look at in your own life and how you're showing up and how you're viewing food uh, because that can have a huge impact on things like your digestion and, and how you also how you feel. Like I said, whether it's kale or a cookie, I always encourage people to eat it and feel really good about it. I totally agree. I think like if you're going to have a piece of cake, well, enjoy it. Like don't sit there eating it in, you know, in shame, hiding, like sit down, enjoy it, love it. And if you're not going to be able to do that, then skip it because beating yourself up after makes the whole thing just not worth it. And and actually, Lisa, I have to mention this is how this kind of came to me was through being in the health industry because I think, you know, once I got to a certain point and was clean eating and, you know, found uh, this new way of living, if you will, I noticed that I I would kind of do that. But then it all came full circle when I was at this health conference and we're sitting around there and it was a, a luncheon. And when the waiter came around, he went to the whole table and asked people if they wanted soup or a salad. And it was a really cold winter day. And everyone, every single health professional there ordered a salad. And when it got to me, I said, I'll have the soup. <laughs> and uh, and it was like a tomato bisque soup or something like that. And I had to remember getting all of these stares from people. And someone said to me, oh, like, you're getting the soup? Yeah, that looks, that must be really nice. And oh, I was thinking to myself, <laughs> yeah, and I'm thinking to myself, well, it is nice because it's a, you know, my body is telling me that it's right now, it's, you know, I was listening to my body and it really needed something warming. And I knew that the salad wasn't going to provide the same nutrients that in, in that moment, in that day that I needed. And so I listened to my body, but the outside world was judging me because they labeled that as a bad food. Um, and, so and I, I, I love that you were so crazy is, 
my issue is there, there's lots of judgment out there, but then there's lots of articles and there's lots of Instagram people. And one article that that is put out there is like, don't eat pineapple. It's it's horrible. It'll spike your it will spike your insulin. It'll make it will make you fat. And then the next article says something different, and you're following all of these pieces of advice. And that's what's really fueling the judgment. That's what's fueling people saying, mm-hmm. oh, this is good, this is bad. I mean, I remember I, eating three pieces of pineapple and thinking it was the end of the world, and it's because an article came out that, mm-hmm. that, that said that. And, and so how do we identify those triggers? Uh, because it's not just internal. It's totally fueled by an industry that, let's face mm-hmm. it, is making a good chunk of money off of the health and wellness. Uh, of people, but it may not be accurate information. And how do we say, okay, this is what's good for my body. This is what works for me. I'm going to follow this plan. And if an article comes out that asks me to, to mix apple cider vinegar with some other odd ingredient and drink it and I'll lose weight, I'm not going to pay attention to it. I mm-hmm. love, love, love that you guys are, you know, making these points because my whole mission is being your own detective and figuring out what works for your body. And, you know, it's funny because a lot of people will say to me like, oh, but you, you're you saying don't eat sugar, don't eat this, doing that. And I actually don't say that at all. I offer programs that remove foods just so you can see how you feel. And then I say you can bring them back in a new way that that's going to work for you better. And all of this, you know, taking a break from sugar or alcohol or gluten or any food out there is really just to see how does my body feel, not somebody else's mm-hmm. body, because we're all so different. Right. And let's, let's face it, if we listen to every single article that came out, like, don't eat pineapple. Don't eat, you know, too much avocado. Too, ma- too many avocados are a bad thing. Or drink this apple cider vinegar. Like, if we listened to all of that, we would, l- first of all, we would probably, like, our bodies would just be so messed up, one. And two, we we probably, when you get down to it, couldn't eat anything, you know? Like, it would, because there's so much conflicting information. And so it does come back to really listening listening to your body and treating it like a test lab to figure out what it truly means. Yeah, and I love what Tanya said before about orthorexia. And for people who don't know what that is, is sometimes we get so obsessed with eating healthy that it becomes destructive to us. And that, you know, eating healthy is not the end goal. The end goal is feeling good and living an amazing life. And eating healthy mm-hmm. is the means to get there. And so when the pursuit of eating healthy takes on a life of its own, it's time for you to take a step back and go, maybe I'm going a little too too far with this. Yeah, Did you guys agree? And what what I have been learning even over the last couple of weeks, this is not something that I've I've been practicing for months and months and have perfected. I'm a work in progress, but what I'm realizing is I actually gained weight eating very healthy foods in larger quantities. And what I'm doing now is balancing calories in, calories out, but also making sure that the calories are quality. And if I want that little snack that isn't uh, quote-unquote good, 
I'm okay having that as long as it is within my caloric limit. And that for me has been a more balanced approach, a more exciting approach because I'm not obsessing. I can go out and I can live my life. And as you said, it's all, it's all about that. So I think that's an important point that it's not that there's never foods. There's kind of more often foods and less often foods. And we can make room in our diet for the foods that we love. And if you love macaroni and cheese, like, no, maybe you're not going to eat it every day. But once in a while, it's not going to kill you. So I think that I like to say be a food snob, you know, and eat the best quality food you can get your hands on. And if you're going to have chocolate, like have the best amazing chocolate you can find you know if you're going to have whatever it is eat the best quality and know you can because that avoids that whole deprivation cycle that we were talking about earlier mm-hmm. so Lindsay, i know you're working on a new book right now what can you tell us a little bit about it yeah absolutely i'm really excited about it it's um, called eat your feelings and it's a full-out lifestyle cookbook Um, It's going to be out in the winter of 2018 uh, with St. Martin's Press. And so I'm really excited about it because I feel that, you know, I've come a long way as an author specifically, and especially with my first book, it was about food and moods. And then my last book, uh, my most recent book, was about food guilt. And this is really – I'm – I'm listening to my audience. I've been listening. That's pretty much how I write books, by listening to, you know, what people have said that they've, you know, like to see more of or um, kind of where they're at. And I kind of want to reclaim eat your feelings because a lot of us think that when we eat our feelings, it's we're feeling a certain way, we're sad, we're bored, whatever, and we just eat junk. But Um, I'm trying to take that a step further and show people that they can eat their feelings and there's actually certain foods that you can eat that can help with certain moods that you're feeling and they can help you feel more relaxed or more calm or more centered or less anxious or uh, more satisfied. And uh, so instead of, you know, if you are feeling that way, there is something for you. And so the book is broken down by... Uh, by feeling and then by craving. So if you're sad and you're craving something sweet, there's recipes for you. If you're bored and you're, you know, craving something creamy, there's there's recipes for you. So I want to actually want to talk about those things. And I know also, Tanya, you've done research into, you know, what kind of things make you feel better. So share with, you know, our listeners, what are some foods they can eat and how are these foods going to impact them? Um, well, I think I can, I'm sure Tanya could speak to PMS uh, um, feeling, uh, but I, I can give kind of an insight. Is First and foremost, I think we both, we all talked about this here. It's, it really comes to listening to your body, and I think the more that you can get in tune and in touch with your body, the less that you'll have to, um, you'll have to rely on, like, lists or, oh, you know, I'm feeling this way, what should I eat? Because your body will give you the clues. For example, a few weeks ago, all I wanted was onions. Literally, I just I I went to this ramen bar and I got soup with like a million extra white onions in it. And you know, for me, I was listening to my body because it probably needed something. You know, I needed something and I needed the immunity that the the onions were going to provide. And so I I listened and I did that. Um, but there's also uh, different foods that can definitely um, 
help combat stress and things like that. For example, I can just give you some examples. Um, like arugula, for example, it can help lower glucose levels and combat stress. Um, asparagus contains tryptophan, which can help your body create the mood-regulating neurotransmitter serotonin, um, so it can make you feel, you know, happier. So, I mean, there's basically all fruits and vegetables have some sort of property, property to them, and it's just about being able to utilize them in your everyday life and create the new go-to rather than, um, you know, what, what you would normally have when you think of eating your feelings. It's so cool. And, and Tanya, what are the ingredients like in the PMS bites that work so well when you have PMS? So there's a blend of herbs, uh, chamomile, which obviously when you're, when you're feeling tense or stressed, we turn to chamomile tea. There's Siberian ginseng. There's dandelion root, which is excellent for relieving bloating. Um, So I did a lot of research to figure out what are the best herbal supplements to help with PMS symptoms um, and incorporated them into a delicious and healthy product. Um, the, the bites are sweetened with dates, which, is, which are very low on the glycemic index. That was very important to me. I didn't want to add caffeine, which could, um, which could uh, spike adrenaline levels as well as sugar that would spike adrenaline levels. So I was very mindful of what is good for PMS and what can help with, um, with symptoms. And overall, it's just a healthy alternative to sugary uh, candy bars that you, that you may crave when, when you're PMSing. Unfortunately, it's this vicious cycle of we crave sugar during that time because we're stressed and hormones are, are raging, um, but that's the very thing that can, can actually exacerbate those symptoms. Um, but I, I love the idea of functional food. There's, it's, it's a growing market. Um, I don't think that it has even hit its maximum, maximum potential yet. Um, but there's lots of products out there that serve a purpose. For instance, there's a, a website, um, and you can, you can get, uh, mushrooms, uh, from this website, and they ground it down into a powder. Um, and you, that can be your new hot chocolate. Um, and they sweeten it with stevia just a little bit. Um, and it's called foursigmaticfoods.com. And they have... A, Can you repeat of, that? What was that? Yeah, sure. It's uh, F-O-U-R, Sigmatic, S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C, foods.com. And they have stress-relieving, um, not elixirs, but it's, it's like a cocoa that I to- totally love. And I'll never have regular cocoa again, because why would I? It tastes delicious. And it's a functional food, and it's relieving my stress, and it it totally works. So what I love is experimenting with with new products and seeing, okay, does it have nutritional benefit? Does it have, is it functional? Can it help me sleep? There's another um, chocolate company called Good Day Chocolate. They do sweeten with, with regular sugar, I believe, but... Um, they have a, a chocolate with melatonin in it. And it's just kind of like a nice treat at the end of the day 
to help you to help you go to sleep. Not that I believe in sleep aids, but it's just this little, you know, one milligram of, of melatonin. So there's lots of food products out there that, that can help improve mood. Um, but obviously fruits and vegetables and, and the right type of foods from the earth um, can help the most. You know, it's so funny because you know, for thousands of years, you know, we've known let food be thy medicine. But in modern day living, people don't realize how much food impacts their daily health, their daily mood, everything. And anytime I'm feeling anything, I'm like, what did I eat? You know, what did I eat yesterday? And people laugh at me because they're like, you know, it's not like go grab an Advil. It's really looking inside and go, what what did I eat? And can you just mm-hmm. explain, you know, briefly what functional food is? Because I don't know that everybody has has heard that term before. So I'm not sure if this is the technical definition, but it is food products or herbal supplements uh, incorporated into food products that have a nutritional benefit or can help you with a particular symptom. It's it's food that that serves a functional purpose. It's not just for the sake of sake of eating it. Um, it has some sort of added benefit. I could Google it, but <laughs> maybe over the break, yeah, you can Google it. That's that's really interesting. I definitely want to check out the mushroom hot chocolate. I think that sounds pretty oh, interesting so and amazing. I know. Um, what I'm I like wanna... adding it to my cart now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during the break, we're all going to be getting it. We'll have a little hot chocolate party. Um, I want to. We only have a, a minute before the break, but I really want to start talking about like food substitutions. You know, like PMS by are a really good substitute for a candy bar when you're feeling that way. But there's probably a lot of other great substitutions, like you come home from work, you're all stressed. Instead of grabbing the bag of Doritos, like maybe something else. And Lindsay, do you have any insight in that? Yeah, I think um, I, I just call it having a snack attack station at your house. Um, and when you're just getting started, I think that you can totally swap out for a higher quality version. Um, of, you know, of the product. So say, for example, you're used to eating um, just a regular old chocolate bar from the gas station, then you can upgrade to the PMS bites. And So um, hold that thought because we are actually going to go to break, but I am, I'm loving this concept of snack attack station. And so right after the break, we will hear more. So stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Are you a busy, stressed, and hungry go-getter who knows what to do to get healthier but has trouble doing it? The problem with popular diets is that they were designed for other people, not you. Sure, they might work for the short term, but for the longer term results, you need a plan designed specifically for your unique body and lifestyle. How about the stress in your life? Do you ever stop and take a deep breath? Do you know what all this stress is doing to your health? Healthy living strategist and author of Busy, Stressed, and Food Obsessed, Lisa Lutan will get you on your way with coaching, online courses and challenges, and even retreats. You will learn tips and strategies to help you calm down, get healthy, and make you feel and look better than ever. For a limited time, Lisa Lutan is offering a free 15-minute breakthrough session to help you get started feeling better right away. Just visit 
Visit HealthyHappyAndHip.com to get your free 15-minute breakthrough strategy session. That's HealthyHappyAndHip. Yes, you heard it right. HealthyHappyAndHip.com and enter your info in the contact page. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. listening to busy stressed and food obsessed to reach the program today please call 1-866-472-5792 again that's 1-866-472-5792 feel like sending an email instead send it to lisa at healthy happy and hip.com now back to busy stressed and food obsessed here again is lisa lutan Welcome back to the show. I'm having a blast talking with the food mood girl, Lindsay Smith, and PMS Bites founder, Tanya Green. We're talking about food and mood. And right before the break, we were starting to talk. Lindsay was telling us about a snack attack station. And I really want to hear about this. So, Lindsay, please tell us more. Yeah. So, like I said, I encourage people to create what I call the snack attack station in their pantry. You can also have one in your refrigerator. And it really has um, the foods that you most often crave. And when people are first starting out and they're understanding their kind of food and mood relationship, I always say to kind of upgrade your, you know, the snack that you love. So, for example, if it's Doritos, then can you find, you know, a high quality, similar version that's maybe organic and things like that. And then eventually, uh, you can learn to make certain things yourself as well and empower yourself in the kitchen to create similar foods based off of, you know, what you normally crave. But it's good to have something, like I said, in the pantry or in the fridge because at the end of the day or even in the morning or the mid-afternoon, depending on what your schedule's like, it's just nice to be able to have something to go to because I find that if we don't, then that's when, you know, all everything just kind of breaks loose and we will go to the gas station and get something. But if you're, it it just sets you up for success. And what do you keep in your snack attack station? Oh, go ahead. I just want to know, Lindsay, what you keep in your own personal snack attack station. Um, right now I've been, for some reason, I've been obsessed with pears. So I have like a million pears in my fridge and that's been my like go-to snack all week. I don't know why. I just, my, I'm, and I'm just taking it as like my body needs something in it, but pears, I never even liked pears growing up, but all of a sudden I'm like, I need, I need all the pears. Um, <laughs> and then in my pantry, I have, uh, some salmon jerky. Um, so a lot of times if I need something, um, you know, like protein and I need something very quick. I'll take a couple um, pieces of salmon jerky. I have um, nutcrackers, hazelnut crackers. I have um, those like snap pea type of things, like the shelf-stable ones. Um, I have some canned, you know, canned things. I'm trying to think what else I have right now. And I also have dark chocolate as well. (laughs) What's the brand of salmon jerky that you use? I I actually get the one from Trader Joe's. Nice. Yeah. How about you, Tanya? What do you snack on? Oh, it, it totally varies depending on my mood and how healthy I'm feeling that week. <laughs> that week. Um, I, 
for the last several days, I found this recipe on um, ambitiouskitchen.com, and it said healthy chipotle bowl. And I was like, I don't even like chipotle, but let me try this. And basically, it's just a little bit of brown rice, some avocado, salsa, and pulled chicken that you put in the crock pot and leave it there with salsa for three hours, and that's, it's done. And mm-hmm. I have been having that for lunch and dinner. And, like, this can't be good, like, to continue, like, keep keep doing the same thing. But it's it's what I've been wanting for the last several days, and it's so delicious and easy that, um, yeah, it's it, that's sort of been, like, my obsession. In terms of snacks, um, I found a great uh, almond flour chocolate chip cookie recipe but that became detrimental because they're so good and there's really nothing in them that makes them bad but they're so good that the volume I was eating was not healthy so what I decided was I would make them for me but I would share them with friends and save like one or two for me and then give them away immediately good strategy yeah I also I also love that I think it's interesting and I think people need to note this is you know, you said I was. I looked at this recipe. I didn't even like chipotle bowls, but I, you know, suddenly I just wanted it, and it, I felt the same way about pears. It was like I, I never liked pears as a kid, and literally all of a sudden I saw them at the farmers market, and I was just like, I need all of the pears. And I think sometimes <laughs> I look at those signs as your body just telling you something, you know, that it yep. needs, and and just listening to it and exploring it because there's something in that food that. You know, your body probably, there's a nutrient in it. Like, the reason why you're feeling, it sounds, I don't know, hippy-dippy, but the reason why you're feeling called to it is because your body really needs something in that food. And so I always take that as kind of a sign. So it we've been talking a lot so about enjoyable to, yeah. to, to eat what you what you're what you're feeling like you need and what you what you want. Lisa, I, I purchased your book um, a couple of months ago. And, you know, be your own food detective, understand how things, how, how food will affect your mood, but also what is it that you want and why do you want it? And I often find myself go, oh, I, I, I just had this breakfast item, but I kind of want something else. And I'll ask myself, why? Am I bored? Do I feel like I need more calories in order to perform better at the gym? And I never really did that before. It was just like, oh, I want it. Let me go get it. Whereas now, and in a huge part to you, Lisa, I'm, I'm pausing. And I think that that pause is so, is so good to do. And then, and then when you decide you need the snack station after you've paused, cool. Like, go for it. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Actually, Thanks for that feedback. I think that's, that's amazing. And I think that that pause is something that is so important. And I want to bring it back to something both of you keep bringing up again and again is how we listen to our bodies and how, mm-hmm. what does that look like? And, and I think that, you know, a lot of people don't really understand what a mind-body connection is. And maybe both of you could just share a little bit, like, what does it actually feel like when you listen to your body? Mm-hmm. I want to actually piggyback off something, and I think this goes along with it. Uh, with when it comes to pausing, is and I think that that's a part of listening. You know, listening to your body, and 
one of the things that I uh, have in my new book, actually, that I was working on was, and I, I do this and encourage people to do it, it's, it's called an I Am Awesome jar, and you, where you can write the things that, you know, you feel really good about or you feel, um, you know, maybe you had a good work day or, you know, someone gave you some praise or, you know, you just had... Um, you know, whatever makes you feel really good and throw oh, it in the I need jar. That. I, actually, I actually put the jar in my pantry. And so when you're feeling sad or you're feeling upset and you go to food, it's a great reminder when you open it and you see that and you can, you pause and you ask yourself, do I want the food or do I need a pick me up that food will never satisfy? And you have that reminder in front of you and you can ask yourself that and then you can, you know, once you pause, and that's listening to your body. That's being able to say, you know what's going to nourish me right now? Some, you know, something positive about, you know, why I'm awesome. It's not going to be this chocolate chip cookie. Yeah, what am I really hungry for? And so many times we're hungry for a nap or a hug or just a break. You know, we, we are working so hard that we just need a break. And so I think that pause gives us a, a slight moment before we open the chip bag to say, is this really going to satisfy what I'm feeling right now? And getting in mm -hmm. touch with what is really going on with me right now. Like, you know, I just had a really frustrating talk with somebody and all I want to do is eat. I know we all can relate to that. And the, the key is, you know, Maybe that is not the answer. And that's how, again, we start making changes, just saying, oh, I see, I'm mad, I'm sad, and I need to adjust the real problem here, not just band-aid it with food. I think being able, I think we forget that we can feel our feelings. And I think coming from the food mood background, focusing mainly on first the mood and how you know it affects the food choices, I think that being able to also allow yourself to feel your feelings when you're feeling sad it's okay you can feel sad you don't you know you don't have to have ice cream to make you temporarily feel better you can you know sit with that sadness for a little bit or if you're frustrated sit with that frustration for a little bit and allow yourself to actually feel those feelings because we tend to like to mask things because when you're I had a to satisfy hunger you'll be satisfied but when you're eating to satisfy feelings or to fill a void it is a bottomless pit and it will mm -hmm. never happen and I've definitely learned that the hard way where I feel like there's a lot of stress in being an entrepreneur you both know this and so many women out there know this and and the the roller coaster ride of it that it's, you don't know, it, it, most things are uncertain, but food is very certain, you know, all right, this chocolate tastes good, I'm going to have it, I'll feel better. But it really doesn't satisfy that, that void or that emotional need. Um, really, only, the only time food will do that is when, when you're trying to satisfy hunger and, and nutrients. I love to always point out food has this way of sneaking in like you need a best friend, I'll be your best friend, you need, you know, a confidant, a lover, whatever it is, food is able and willing to play the role. And it just, as you said, Tanya, it fills any void in our life. If that's your go to drug, you know, for some people, it's the alcohol, other people, it might be prescription drugs or technology or exercise or something else. But we're filling voids because we're not taking that time to feel the feelings. 
Um, I remember once I was giving a talk and a woman said, but ice cream actually does make me feel better. And I said, yeah, it probably does. But then like after you have the ice cream, are you beating yourself up that you eat it? And she said, yes. And I said, Mm -hmm. so does that feel better? And she's like, no, that doesn't feel good. In fact, I hate Mm -hmm. that. And so we can't be short-sighted on the immediate, you know, the immediate, like, you know, feeling that craving. We really have to look at it. And that's how we can make change. Like, I got tired of beating myself up about eating, you know, too much of this or that. And so when I took that pause, I could say, am I going to beat myself up if I eat this? And truthfully, the answer was yes. I was like, forget it. I am so done with that, that, you know, pattern. So this this is such good stuff. Tony Robbins, uh, there are some people who love him. There are some people who find him a little bit wacky. At the end of the day, his his messaging is is awesome and can help you really identify stress points in your life. And for me and many people, food has been uh, a stress point. And he says about anything, just end the suffering. Have enough courage to end the suffering, whatever it might be. So, yes, ice cream in the, in the immediate might feel really great. And there might be warm memories around it. You know, everyone has their favorite ice cream spot to go to in the summer. And it reminds you of family and friends. But yeah, checking in and seeing how you feel later, most of the time I'm beating myself up. So I have to not be so short-sighted, as you said, and think about how I'm going to feel in the future. And it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a shift in how you think. Rather than fueling the immediate, think about how it's going to feel later on. So as we're winding down to the end of the show, Tanya and Lindsay, each of you, would you tell our listeners how they can get in touch with you? Sure. So you can go to PMSBytes.com. I've just created a discount called, uh, sorry, discount code Lisa Lutan Fan, all in capital letters, and I'll give you a 20% discount if uh, if you're interested in ordering PMS Bites. They make for a perfect stocking stuffer, and they can be delivered to your door the week you need it most. So check it out, and if you'd like to email me, it's just PMSBytes at PMSBytes.com. Awesome, and Lindsay. Awesome. You can check me out at foodmoodgirl.com. I'm also very active on Twitter and Instagram, and my handle's at lindsaysmithhhc, holistic health coach. Um, So I'd love to connect with you there, and if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. And as always, you can reach me, Lisa Lutian, at Healthy, Happy, and Hip. My website is www.healthyhappyandhip.com. And uh, send me a note. Let me know what's going on, a challenge with you. I always respond back. You can sign up for my newsletter. And also, I'd love to hear from you. Any feedback on the show? And who, who would you like to see on future shows? So it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much, Lynn. Thank you so much, Tanya. Thank you. you. It was a blast. I can't wait to get my PMS bites. (laughs) (laughs) And and our hot chocolate. And thanks to all of you. It's been a a great show. I've loved uh, being with you guys. And I look forward to being back with everybody again next week. Thanks so much. (laughs) 
We hope you've enjoyed today's episode on busy, stressed, and food obsessed. Did you get some great ideas from today's show? Join Lisa Lutan again next Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time and 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have a great week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.